Hello to all of you out there. It's uh, Anthony Scaramucci, and welcome to our podcast, TMI. It's the motivation inside. I hope you have been enjoying these weekly podcasts. Our goal is to give you a glimpse inside to how things really work professionally, but also how things work personally. This way, at least this is our hope, that you'll get a chance to see the people around us and we can share with you the many phases of success and wealth to let you in on how each of us got here, the ups and downs, the missteps, the uh, trials and tribulations. Uh, It's important to me, certainly, that we try to give you a chance to understand and actually believe, at least this about yourself, that there is greatness inside of you. Uh, We can all tap into it. It takes a lot of hard work, intense focus, and of course, there has to be passion. But with passion, the possibilities are there. Possibilities, frankly, are endless. You just have to find something that you really like or enjoy. This is a place where we ask people to share a lot of different things about themselves, but we also ask you to share anything, to share with me your wild and crazy stories or your weaknesses or your strengths. Email us at podcast at skybridgeinsights.com. I am the founder of Skybridge Capital. We also host a three-day conference in Las Vegas called the SALT Conference, which is the intersection of Hollywood, political community, healthcare, uh, entertainment, politics, but also the investment world. Uh, fun thing, it's going to be May 16th this coming year. And I'm a Fox News and Fox Business contributor. I'm the host of the iconic TV program called Wall Street Week with Gary Kaminsky, who's one of my lifelong best friends, on the Fox Business Network Friday evenings at 8 p.m. We run a replay of that show Sundays at 9 a.m. and Saturdays at 9 a.m. as well. I've written two books, The Little Book of Hedge Funds and a cute book that we called Goodbye Gordon Gecko, How to Find Your Fortune Without Losing Your Soul. And we've got a third book. I've written a third book that's coming out very soon on entrepreneurship. Publishing date is October 25th. I'm working on a title right now. So if you want to email me a title, uh, podcast at skybridgeinsights.com. It's untitled, but we're we're looking for a good title. For first-time listeners, uh, I'm going to give you my typical shtick. I'm not the typical Wall Street guy. Listen, I, I live only two miles from my mom and dad. I've done this on purpose. I view it as a positive anchor in my life. It keeps me grounded from some of the insanity that I've seen on Wall Street, in the political world, and in Hollywood. And so I drive myself out of the city every night uh, to go back to the suburbs uh, and, frankly, to be two miles away from the house that I grew up in. Uh, It helps me to stay close to my family. Maybe you have a grounding wire. If you don't have one, I suggest you get one. It'll help you in your life. Uh, And hopefully some of you as listeners can relate to that. Today I want to talk about following your passion and doing what you love because if you do, I promise you success will follow. Of course, hard work and focus goes a long way. And let me tell you something. If you're really doing something you love, undoubtedly there will be somebody out there shooting at you trying to create self-doubt. Uh, That's what happens when you do something you love because people, for whatever reason, uh, they like people doing boring, predictable, prosaic things. Starting a business is not one of those things. Starting a business in electronic journalism is not one of those things. Uh, Those are off the beaten path. So what you get sometimes is people shooting at you and infusing you with self-doubt. So today's guest 
just did that. He followed his passion, his hobby, his love of politics, but his intellectual curiosity about all things related to people and the news. Uh, uh, He once, uh, when he came out of college, worked for a member of Congress, and even through his career path, it took him into finance, where he managed to turn his love of politics into a great business. Uh, He was a prolific fundraiser for a number of different political candidates, but I got to meet him during the Romney 2012 presidential campaign. Please welcome to TMI, J.P. Miller. J.P., say hello. Hello, Anthony. Thanks for having me. All right. Now, J.P., you are the creator of the New York Empire Report, which you guys bill as New York's front page online for political news. And I'm happy to have you here. And now, interestingly enough, I'm going to start right with this and encourage people to go to our website, my Twitter feed, where we'll show you what the Empire Report looks like. And for those of you that are familiar with the Drudge Report, it has the same font, it has the same footprint, and the same stylization as the Drudge Report. Tell us why. Well, the Drudge Report has been around for 21 years, and last month it was ranked the number two trafficked news site on the planet. It had more traffic than Google News. It had more traffic than ESPN.com, and it's a website that, you know, when you talk to people, some people have heard it and love it, some people don't. And what has proven, in my opinion, to to, to be the reason why Drudge Report is so successful is it's a simple format. It's provocative, and it not it's not doesn't take politics so seriously. It really tries to make politics simple so and you, entertaining. Are you partners with them on this? I'm not. The, the The way that I got the idea to do the New York Empire Report is there are a number of states with Drudge Report type sites: Connecticut, Pennsylvania, uh, North Carolina, Colorado, and there wasn't one in New York. And so I said, why is there not one in the biggest? media capital of the world. And like you were mentioning before, a lot of people said, well, there's got to be a reason why there's not one. Someone must have tried this. This is such a good idea. Um, And I researched it a lot. I got to know the guy that did the Connecticut site. uh, And he gave me the blueprint of how to do this in New York and how to be successful at it. And uh, I started in January of this year. I had a lot of clicks probably from you and my mom and her Parcheesi friends. And uh, what I've done is I've grown it through no paid advertising. I've grown it through social media, through mass emails. And uh, I started off, I had a couple hundred hits the first week. Uh, Over the last 30 days, I've had, uh, you know, over 22,000 unique visitors visit the site over 200,000 times. You're you're uh, you're curating it yourself at this point. I'm curating it myself. I wake up every morning at 4 a.m., which my wife is not excited about, but I've got to do what I've got to do, and uh, I curate the site myself. I update the site throughout the day, uh, and uh, it is by far for people. I've spent a lot of time getting to know people around the state who are interested in New York politics, both New York City politics and New York State politics, which I didn't get to know those people when I was working on the Romney campaign. I was mostly dealing with people like Anthony Scaramucci, although there are a few people like Anthony Scaramucci, but, you know, moguls on Wall Street. 
Uh, and I didn't get to know a lot of the uh, politicos in Albany. And as I've gotten to know them over the last six months, they love the site. People that go to the site, the New York Empire Report, people that go to the site twice or three times, they become addicts. And they're on the site multiple times each day. So give us some of the methodology of that curation, because uh, I think the site is unbelievable. I'm one of those people. I'm on the site two or three times a day. I do try to retweet stuff that I think is interesting from the site. And I think you've done a phenomenal job, but there's an ingredient here uh, where how many stories you're putting up on the web page, that, that front page? 20, let's, let's 25? Let's say each day it's 20 to 25, right. yes. Right, so, so how, do, how do they get to the top 25 coolest, most interesting clickables for you? Well, what I do is I start out and I look, I read 50 newspapers a day, believe it or not. I also use Google Alerts to, to get a lot of the stories that, that are important to me. And what I do is a lot of newspaper headlines, let's take the New York Post aside, but most uh, newspaper headlines, whether it's the Buffalo News or the Albany paper or the Syracuse paper, they have a really interesting story, but they have kind of a boring, plain, vanilla headline. So like a headline, Yuma cuts off Wiener, that's like an entertaining headline, right? That's an entertaining headline, but Wiener is his last name. And I, 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 the funny thing about Wiener, so Wiener keeps coming back, and my readers look at the Wiener stuff, but it's not, it's not as exciting yeah, as find people it repulsive. like. They, they say we had enough of this. People guy. have had people right. have had enough of Wiener, but right. obviously when he does what he does, you've yeah. got to put it up on the site when right, you're doing a New York story because Anthony Wiener was a congressman <clears throat> here for many years, ran for mayor. Ran for mayor. I don't dislike him personally, but I think these these issues, these systemic issues, he's got to go get treated for. So, so let's let's talk about the decision to turn your intellectual curiosity, your hobby of curating for yourself. Because let's face it, you're probably reading the fifty papers before you started the Empire Report, and you're in that curation business of figuring out what is fun, topical, what's worth reading. How am I going to make somebody? Here's a big compliment to you. When I come off the site, I feel smarter, more informed by New York politics, but also the New York business community, and I also feel like I got entertained at the same time. So what were the steps that you took from going from hobby to, okay, I'm going to turn this into a business for myself? Well, uh, I took an entrepreneurship class at NYU, which was the best class I ever took. Who taught it? Uh, the guy's name is Glenn Oak, and I took two of his classes. The guy's brilliant. And I encourage anybody that even if you don't go to NYU, just go into one of his classes and sit there. The guy or is Can you brilliant. take the course online or you don't know? You've got to listen to this guy. He's phenomenal. And all he does on entrepreneurship, a lot of people in entrepreneurship say, oh, I want to tell you about Steve Jobs and all these other brilliant guys. He gives 13 classes. Each class, he tells you about a different business that failed and why it failed. And he tries to, in a way... Do what people tell you is scare you away from. He wants to tell people it's really this is really hard, and it is hard. Uh, but when I started this, Anthony, you were one of those people that said, "Call me anytime if you're depressed," because you do go through depression in the beginning. Uh, but now I've only been doing it for seven months, and it turns from depression into constant elation. Once you see things that yeah. that you know, your dream is coming into a reality for yourself, and you're starting to get the positive vibe and self-confidence related to that. And you can't really believe it's happening. Yeah, it's yeah. wild. So so you, you're getting some uh, advertising now? 
Uh, I just secured my first advertiser last week. Congratulations. Thank you. I appreciate it. Is it Viagra? What is it's, it? Who's, who's advertising it's, on it? It's not Viagra. It's a, it's a radio program in New York, and until the the, uh, the ad goes up, I don't, I don't want to disclose who okay, it is. But I, I've been doing a lot well, of pitching to advertisers. Thank you. I'm, I'm, I'm excited about it. We're getting uh, positive cash flow, which is important, as we all know, for yeah, business. You, you, when you start really making the dough, your wife's going to say, get up at 3.30. Okay? <laughs> You're okay with her. Don't worry. Right. Okay. You, you, you have a, you, you said something that I want to really touch upon because it's happened to me. This is my second business that I've created. And in the early parts of these businesses, I'm reminded of what Frederick W. Smith said, the founder of FedEx. He said, if I knew how hard these things were, I would never have started them in the first place. Has this been super hard? It's been very hard mentally because I'm filled uh, in the beginning, and even now I get it, is I was filled with self-doubt. What's going to happen? This is a very dark, scary thing if By yourself, this doesn't work out. There's no blanket of security around you. There's no corporation or business or political entity that you're going to be able to help your family get fed off of. You're creating this from yourself. You're sitting there with two sticks trying to snap them into fire. Right. And I'm not a, I'm not a, uh, you know, I'm not a guy. That, uh, I've been working for companies my whole life. And so I'm used to a paycheck. And this is, this is, I, so I don't when did have you discover the paycheck. crazy inside your personality? When did you discover the crazy? What I did was I put the website up. I thought it was a really good idea. I thought it was a good idea for three years, believe it or not, before I did it. And I continued to research and I just said, I, I have to do this. I could have, you know, I was working at a hedge fund for the last three years. The hedge fund, I did really well there. Um, but I, and, I, and I could have gone to another hedge fund, but I wasn't going to control how good that hedge fund was going to do over the next five or ten years. And this is something where I'm able to control, hopefully, how well it does. And uh, I saw people like you, you know, when, when I think of Wall Street Week, I remember watching it as a kid. My dad would every Friday night would tune into Louis Rukeyser and you revived Wall Street Week and I'm thinking Wall Street Week and I'm thinking how the heck did Anthony think about this? You know, how did, how did you come up with that? And you must have thought must have been hard to get it, hard to secure and why didn't someone else come up with this? Let me tell you something, uh, you need a team. So I want to talk about that with you, okay? Because you're doing something pretty interesting. How many people are on your team? Uh, zero. And, and that's the one thing about successful entrepreneurs like yourself. Keep drilling into me. JP, you have to get a team around you. Yeah. Uh, and as I get more advertisers, I'm going to build a team. Okay, but I applaud you for the way you're doing it. Because I have found in my life the most successful entrepreneurs are very cost-conscious as they're originating their business. Now, let's, let's face it, you have to spend money sometimes to make money, but when you're originating your business, be cost-conscious and cost-focused because I have seen so many XYZ executives from Wall Street that are super rich and they got to go out and start their business and show everybody how great they are, and they, as soon as the walnut paneling goes up, I know the business is going to fail. Uh, but if I see them the way Jeff Bezos was with the, uh, the, the door and the two wooden uh, horse easels, and that's the desk, and they've got a plastic folding chair, so this guy's got a shot. So I applaud you for all that. But what, I, what I've said to you about team, which I think is super important, is you could hire a couple people from Columbia, or you could hire a couple people from NYU, or you could call your entrepreneur professor and say, hey, give me a couple student interns. You can pay them 15 bucks an hour, and 
get them to help you on some things, free up some of your time. You agree with that? I agree with you. Once I get the advertising revenue and I'm going to bring in a team, but I am, uh, as you can imagine, super cost conscious on bringing forward this business. Give you, and, give and, you, and, I give and, you a lot of credit for that. Tell us about your background, JP. What does JP stand for, by the way? I never knew that. JP stands for John Paul. It's my two grandfather's names. And also, uh, I was born in 1981, so the Pope was a big figure, and I'm from a Catholic family. So they said, you know, this kid's going to be just like the Pope when he grows up. Uh, just like the Pope. Just That's like what I think Pope. of. Yeah. I think of John Paul II when I see you, brother. Okay. And if you believe that, I got a bridge out there. That right. I want to I'm, say. I'm okay. going bald like the Pope. Uh, That's about it. All right. Well, well, don't don't be spreading that virus on me. Okay. That's the only thing I got to say. What 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 made you uh, an entrepreneur? Something in your background. So tell us what it is. Did uh, you have a big newspaper route? I Were did. You selling what, things as a kid. I, I've it's it's something that as I when I moved to I had never worked in New York before and when I came to New York working for Mitt Romney I had the opportunity I was raising money from people that were mainly wealthy entrepreneurs and what I found in meeting these wealthy entrepreneurs is it's not not impossible but it's uncommon for someone to get really rich working for a company not to say that there aren't really rich people working for companies but the people that really controlled and were the people that I respected the most were people that created their own company and uh, I, I, I just it, it became clear to me that the way to control your own destiny and build wealth and really determine how much money you can make is to be an entrepreneur I also uh, studied it uh, at business school. And I also heard from a lot of people that you really, if you're going to be successful, you have to do something that you really love and you're really passionate about. And you can tell that I'm passionate about now politics. Look, you, it's something you, that you, I was doing. I love this. I, I, I love it. I can't get enough of it. And, uh, and as I as I curate the news every day for the New York Empire Report, it's, it, it's something that I would love to do. Are you going to run for office? No. Okay, so it's interesting because you love politics, but you would never run for office. No, I would like to work for uh, a candidacy of Anthony Scaramucci for mayor, governor, president. I would do that in a heartbeat, but I do not want to be a candidate. All right, so you're really wishing bad stuff on me in my no, life. No, you'd, like you'd be a like phenomenal candidate. It's like unbelievable, you'd this be guy. Tre- okay? I've seen a lot of candidates, and you'd be tremendous. But, not only but, you have a good background, you're comfortable in front of the camera, you're comfortable on the microphone, and it's something that I hope you do before you get too old. But, you know, there's a big slog and a big process, and the meat, grinding that takes place. You know, Sean Hannity had this conversation off the air the other night. We're in the media, and Sean's big time in the media. I'm small time, but the knife fight starts in the media. But in a political campaign, we've seen some very dear people, Governor Romney, who you and I both hold with a tremendous amount of respect, they get put into like a sausage grinder. You'd wish that on your friend? If you asked Mitt Romney about his experience running for president twice, he would say it was the experience of a lifetime. He would do it again in a heartbeat. And So why do you think he didn't do it this time? Uh, that's a good question for him. I'd hate to... I, I, I yeah, would okay, hate that's to, fair enough. I, I, listen, I, I, I love Governor Romney, and I have an enormous amount of respect for him, and uh, he's a role model for me. He's, a, he's got a phenomenal family, and he's a great person. So, me too. So but I, I, hope, I hope I can call him a friend for the rest of my life. I mean, that's... You know, and I said this, you, know, you and I attended a lunch together where I said today that one of the best things about 
me getting involved in politics, frankly, is meeting people like J.P. Miller, also Robert Wood Johnson. I've met some real friends in this process, and you get to learn people's personalities pretty well, particularly when the heat's on, don't you think, J.P.? You get to know people very well, and you get to meet people from a, a, a wide variety of backgrounds that all have this one thing in common, and that's really, it's its not a lot of what you read in the media is, is oh, I'm going to give someone a contribution because I need my business to do something. You, you don't give contributions and work for candidates because it will benefit your business. You do it because you're really passionate about the country, and other people that are involved are passionate about the country. And uh, I know this show isn't about trying to get you to run for office, but... I think that you would find it a uniquely exciting and fun challenge, uh, and we can talk about it more off the air. But that's that's my two All cents right. on. I well, hope he runs very, one day. It's, it, it's very flattering, and I appreciate you saying it. And my wife is probably going to take you off the Christmas card list for bringing it up, <laughs> but I still love you, so you'll get a picture of the kid. All right, good. The kids. Uh, what is uh, what is your goal with the Empire Report? My goal with yeah. the Empire Report is simple. I want it to be the most widely read and influential political news site in the state. I don't write any of the content. All I do is link to stories and try and present them in a provocative, interesting manner for my readers. I okay, that's going to happen. Okay, so and I and I and I what I want to do is when it does happen, and hopefully way before that, you're going to come back on the podcast. Because I I can see it happening because of the content curation and also the style in which you're presenting the information. So uh, when do you think that happens? Uh, I hope it happens within the next six months. Uh, I've got I've I've got sight line view to being the most popular site and the most widely read and most influential in the state. And uh, it's. one thing that's a little different about the New York Empire Report is we're not just all politics. If someone, God forbid, someone strangles their cat, but if someone does strangle their cat, the other people on the other political websites aren't going to have that on their site. We're going to have it. We have that kind of crazy stuff. Right. That's what I do with the Salt Conference, by the way. <laughs> I try to always throw some wacko ideas in there because it'll make somebody say, hey, you know what? At this conference, I'm not only going to get enrich content on investing, but I'm going to learn some really new or innovative or fun things. Right. Syracuse University, which is in the state of New York, dropped to the number eight party school in the country. That's interesting to me. It's not going to, you know, it's, it's, it's not what I need to know, you know, to have a conversation in business or politics, but it's, but, but we, we do have a, a lot of stuff that is what I call exciting human interest, a lot of stuff from the New York Post. And, uh, uh, it's, it's, a real touch for what's popular, though. So tell our listeners what's popular. What's popular? What tags somebody? Uh, in New York, people like, there are some characters in New York that people like. One is former politicians. People love to see stuff about George Pataki and Aldamato. But here's some something that, that is a secret, and in my opinion, a secret. People love reading about Mike Francesa. Okay. If Mike Francesa says something crazy, you put it on there, people are going to click on it. When you put something in really... They love and hate that guy for some reason. By the way, he's one of my neighbors. He couldn't be a nicer guy, but I mean, for whatever reason, people love or hate him. They like flip out. Right. People also love, especially the, the, the people love to read about the staffers of the politicians. So you're always reading about the politicians, but when someone, some chief of staff gets fired or jumps to another campaign or whatever, people love kind of that inside right. baseball of, right. of, of what the staffers are doing. Following, you build a big following from the staff of these politicians. So, so I, I, you know, look, the elephant in the room, and this is, uh, I'm a Republican, so we're going to talk about the elephant in the room, okay? 
What are your thoughts? You live here in New York. We have two candidates, which hasn't happened probably since the 1930s, I think, that are the Republican and Democratic nominee, both cited here in New York. Their campaign headquarters are literally 20 miles from each other. Uh, what are your thoughts? Let's start with Mr. Trump. What are your thoughts on Mr. Trump? Mr. Trump has done something that uh, no one thought he could do. There's not a single person on the planet, I don't think, that predicted that he was going to be the Republican nominee. And he was. And he did it in a way that was not, he didn't do it the traditional way by raising a lot of money and spending a lot of money on TV. When, he when did, did you realize that he was going to become the Republican nominee? Uh, I, I don't want to take credit for thinking early, but I, I was. I'm gonna say it. It's okay. It's okay. I thought I thought pretty early. He he he. The thing about Trump is pretty early what, before New Hampshire. Definitely before New Hampshire. Yeah. The yeah. thing about Trump is whether you love him or hate him, and and there's a lot of things that he says that no one can agree with, right? But. A lot of the stuff that he says has not been said by politicians before ever. He almost sounds like, you know, the the, the guy in the bar who's who's kind of a you know a, a, a well-read guy who you like to talk politics about. And uh, there, there's there's a lot of what he said that both Democrats and Republicans agree with. So, so there's a couple members of our party yep. uh, uh, have decided to not support him. Uh, some of which had actually taken a pledge to support him, like uh, Governor Bush, as an example. Uh, what are your thoughts about that? Uh, I think that people choose who they're going to support and vote for for president based on different reasons. Some people say, I'm going to vote for the guy that's best on the environment, or I'm going to vote for the woman that's best on fiscal policy, or I want someone who has a really good temperament. And not all people vote for, for candidates for president for the same reason. And uh, people all have an opinion on Trump and people all have an opinion on Hillary. And what I think is what I think's the case with Trump is is that voters haven't quite decided whether what they're going to do this fall. Mm -hmm. The media would have you say, this, this election's over. Hillary's definitely going to win. But I think voters are going to give Donald Trump a chance to earn their vote over the next eight weeks. He's going to have three debates, and if Donald Trump can stay on message and do well in those three debates, he has a very reasonable chance of beating Hillary Clinton because he is the change candidate. She's the status quo candidate. Uh, but if Donald Trump uh, does, you know, uh, in, brings about unforced errors and missteps like he has done uh, over the last three months since he won the nomination, then it's likely that that voters are not going to give him an, an opportunity to be president. But, uh, you know, a lot of people in the media say that he has no chance. I think he has, as a change candidate, as an outsider, as a successful businessman, he has a very reasonable chance of becoming the next president of the United States. And let me ask you, before I let you go, do you think that if he, if he makes it to the presidency, obviously it's a historic thing, we'll bring you back, we can talk about that. But even if he did not make it to the presidency, and obviously I'm for him, and so I want him to, uh, he did open up a vein here uh, for the next 10 to 15 years for political outsiders. Is that fair to say or no? It's very fair to say. And what, what he has done is really rewritten the playbook. And it's not like other candidates are going to be able to come up and do what Donald Trump has done because right. there's right. only right. one Donald Trump. Right, I understand that. But... Uh, the primaries are going to be conducted in a different manner from here on out, and you will see people 
take chances. The one thing that, 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 that was a criticism of other candidates in the past is they're boring and they all say the same thing. Donald Trump is a risk taker. He took chances. He was rewarded by the voters for taking those chances. He continues to ch take chances in the general. And, uh, and I, uh, he, he, he is going to be competitive with Hillary Clinton if he stays on message. Well, you, you, you've got a really good touch. You've got great instincts. You've had great political instincts. But I'll tell you one thing about yourself that you probably already know, but I'll reinforce it. You're going to sell a lot of advertising because I've seen you in action raising money for Governor Romney, and there was nobody close in terms of your deafness and skill of getting that narrative out there and bringing people into the party or into the fold in finance that typically weren't there before. And so that's an entrepreneur skill to create a new market. Uh, and what you have here in your new business, and again, this is my opinion, there's demand for your product. And it's something that a lot of the great entrepreneurs said, people don't know they need something until you show it to them. Steve Jobs said that. Uh, Henry Ford said, uh, we won't talk about his politics, because that's a disaster. But what Henry Ford once said, uh, people don't know really what they want. If I asked them what they wanted, they said they wanted a fast horse. Okay? <laughs> and what you, what you created is something that people want. There's a demand for it. And I do expect this thing to be the top draw in the city of New York, in the state of New York. And I expect you to come back, JP, so you owe me that, okay? Uh, ladies and gentlemen, this looks just like the Drudge Report. Uh, it's got the user ease and friendliness of the Drudge Report. It's got great tag. This has got to be bookmarked in your web browser so you can see what's going on in this great state every day, even if you don't live in the state. I, I want to thank JP Miller, and I wish you the very best with this project, the Empire Report. Uh, JP, your website is empirereportnewyork.com. Uh, you can follow the Empire Report at Empire Report NY. You can also go to nyempirereport.com, or you can just Google. The easiest way to do it is Google New York Empire Report. And I promise New Yorkers, if they go to the site, or people that are interested in New York politics, if they go to the site two or three times, they're going to get hooked. And uh, you having me on the show is a very generous gesture by no, you, Anthony. It's my pleasure. I, 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 I want you I to really win. And I, I say to all the entrepreneurs out there, if you've got a great idea, send it to podcast at skybridgeinsights.com. We'll take a look at it. And if we have the time, we'll bring you on the show. I think you've got something brilliant here that's going to be part of people's mind share over the multiple decades of time here in New York. So I wish you nothing but the best with it. You've already captured me. I hope you'll get many people. Don't forget to watch us on Wall Street Week on the Fox Business Channel, Fridays at 8 p.m., Saturday at 9 a.m., and also Sunday at 9 a.m. And if you can, please subscribe to my podcast, TMI. Uh, it's on iTunes. Go rate it, review it. Uh, listen, we can always do better, so I want to hear from everybody. And please share this podcast with friends and coworkers who you think will enjoy listening to some of these fresh stories. Until next time. Uh, you can email us at podcast at skybridgeinsights.com. You can follow me at Scaramucci. And until next week, have a prosperous week.